time for the man who tells it like it is. You want a bitch? He's got him. You want information? He's got it. You want a host who is New Orleans? You found him. Eric Asher and Inside New Orleans. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans, 106.1 FM on your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Check us out on our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on X, formerly Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and also on Threads. Our podcast is everywhere, Anchor, Spotify, or home base, but on all podcasting platforms, Search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. You'll find that. And today we celebrate the um, 10th anniversary of uh, the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. Uh, And uh, as always, uh, really excited about, again, 10 years of doing doing television, doing the the show. And um, so many great guests, so many individuals, again, that have been part of our program. Uh, Been blessed to have so many of... um, our local reporters uh, that, again, graciously come on the program each and every week. Uh, and, of course, our underwriters slash sponsors that make the, pro, the, uh, the, uh, the show possible. Ten years. Uh, got to give a shout-out to Will Hill. Uh, William Hill, our, uh, our director, who's been with me for the full ten years. It's been him and I kind of lockstep since day one. Uh, Jim Dotson, uh, Ron Yeager, again, the, the uh, head honchos over WLE-TV for, again, uh, for giving me the shot, right? I mean, uh, I can remember 10 years ago sitting in an office with them in a meeting room talking to, uh, and pitching the show to them and 
they went for it, took the chance, and uh, here we are 10 years later and uh, approaching now, um, getting ready to start our 21st year on the radio in October. So huh, uh, just heady, heady, heady times for for those of us that are there in my family that have seen this uh, radio and TV show, uh, again, grow over the last couple decades. So, again, very, very blessed. Remember, if you want to see it tonight, uh, it's Mike Dettelier. He's our guest. Uh, we also have a montage at the end of the show of, again, a bunch of um, uh, of great guests that we've had over the years, including Pete Finney, Rick Gailey, who are no longer with us. So I hope you have a chance to check out the program again. Uh, every Thursday at 1 o'clock uh, on WLAE-TV with our live broadcast, also live streaming on the WLAE-TV YouTube page. Also, again, 6 p.m. on WLE Tonight, 10 o'clock on The Deuce, WLA-TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock, LAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Uh, set your DVR for your favorite uh, time slot. You'll never miss the program. That's the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. This week, celebrating, again, 10 years on the air at WLAE-TV. All right, today's program is brought to you by our friends at, uh, again, the Oceana Family of Restaurants. And what a great, pl- what a great t- time to go down to Oceana, one Oregon, one of their sister restaurants, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Uh, of course, Mambo's, the Hideout Bar. Don't forget about, again, Old New Orleans Cookery. All are open late, seven days a week. Oceana serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner daily, starting at 8 a.m., going all the way to 1 p.m. Uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, lunch and dinner. Seven days a week. Uh, again, open late. The Hideout Bar serving you uh, uh, great food, cocktails, and also live music in a French Quarter courtyard setting. Uh, they do that seven days a week, and they are open late. Uh, again, um, our program today brought to you by our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. And this half hour brought to you by our friends at Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, again, seven days a week, lunch and dinner. Have an extraordinary cocktail from one of the great mixologists here in the city of New Orleans. Uh, if you love Korea, Cajun Creole cuisine, we got you covered. We got so much more. Uh, great steaks, hamburgers, uh, again, uh, barbecue ribs that will literally melt in your mouth. Uh, and uh, 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 Great pasta dishes, seafood, you name it. It's on the menu over at Old New Orleans Cookery. Of course, they got two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or to have your next event. Uh, remember, again, that's a private restroom, private bar, along along with that, with those two Bourbon Street balconies in those private rooms. And, of course, allow our friends at Old New Orleans Cookery to be able to, again, plan your next event. You can sit in front of the picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street, watch all the craziness in the 200 block of Bourbon Street. Maybe, again, a little bit of a quieter um, uh, evening is, is uh, or a meal is in, is in your future. Well, then, then sit in their authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Don't forget to take a picture of their world-famous stairwell. Uh, it is Old New Orleans Cookery. Perfect a date night, getting getting together with friends or family. Uh, maybe you're trying to close that business deal. Hey, to find out more, it's nolacookery.com. That's nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants. Uh, in today's program, of course, we have our regular set of guests. Uh, joining us, Gary Smith of the Wave Report and uh, Advocate and Picayune. Uh, he will join us in about two minutes. Ross Jackson comes in at 435 from Locked on Saints Podcast and Saints News. Also, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights joins us at 515. Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show at 535. Kim Mulkey agrees to a 10-year, $32 million contract. It'll make her the highest-paid head coach in women's college basketball history that's pending the approval uh, by the LSU Board of Supervisors. That's fate complete. That's going to happen. Uh, that was first reported by The Advocate. Uh, so, again, great news for, again, Kim Mulkey. Great news for, news for the program. You know the PMAC's getting a renovation you know it's getting a, a facelift or, or they're gonna they're gonna build the new arena it's gonna be one or the other 
okay? Uh, Malky's going to got that kind of juice in, in Baton Rouge right now. Uh, Jimmy Graham will not be charged in his arrest in Los Angeles. It, it, it turned out to be a seizure. We f- figured that was going to happen. And, of course, the second um, uh, injury list has come out again for the game against the Titans on Sunday. It remains pretty much the same with the names, but there are some changes. Traquan Smith uh, did not practice with a groin. JT Gray, this will be a huge loss for this team if he doesn't practice. And if he doesn't practice tomorrow, he's not playing. Uh, shoulder injury did not practice. Uh, Kendry Miller, when you look at that running back position now, uh, that means Kurt Merritt is your backup uh, if he doesn't go. Knee, knee injury, uh, did not practice. Ryan Ramshack, Jimmy Graham were full practice day after a, a veteran's rest day yesterday. Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, back to a full practice today uh, with the knee. So that's really good news there, uh, again, for, for the Saints. They have Marshawn Lattimore back on the field. Uh, wondering if he's going to be one-on-one with Hopkins uh, or, again, they're just going to play him on his on his side. We'll see again how that plays out with uh, the New Orleans Saints on Sunday as they have a huge test against uh, the, the Tennessee Titans, a very physical team. We talked yesterday uh, about Derrick Henry, the ability to stop the run, the ability, again, to, to be a disciplined team. Uh, we shall see. We shall see how it plays out. But the Tulane Green Wave had one of the biggest games maybe in the history of the program. Uh, there, were, there was a, one writer that said that, again, it's the biggest game since 1949. Well, you know, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch. I was, I was there, again, with Tulane LSU back in the 70s. Those were pretty huge games. Uh, going undefeated the year they went undefeated, they had some huge games there. No doubt last year, again, the Cotton Bowl was probably one of the biggest games, not the biggest game in, in the history of, of the um, – uh, in the recent history, let me say the recent history of Tulane football, uh, but again, it's going to be a big one. Ole Miss, again, ranked 20th in the, in the nation coming in to take on Tulane, ranked 24th in the coaches, 22nd, uh, um, uh, in, in 22nd in the coaches, 24th in the AP, I believe is what it is. Uh, and, of course, it's a sold-out uh, uh, Yalman, 2.30 kickoff, national television. And, of course, to break it down for us, one of the best we have in the city. He writes for the Picayune and the Advocate, but his uh, website, the Wave Report, has everything you need to know as a Tulane fan about your favorite school. Uh, if you're looking for great information first, you get it on the Wave Report. Uh, it's inexpensive. And, of course, uh, Gary Smith is, uh, is the uh, proprietor of that, of, that, of that site, and he joins us now on the program. Gary, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Eric. Doing well. Gary, let's start with, with first last week and, and again, the thrashing of, of, of South Alabama. Uh, again, it's got to start with Michael Pratt and how well he played. Oh, yeah, n- no doubt. And I think we saw, you know, there were a lot of national people picking uh, South Alabama to win that game. Um, and all you had to do, and they were a good team going in, but all you had to do is look at the last game that each team played last year. Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl in South Alabama and gave up over 500 passing yards to Western Kentucky and got blown out in the New Orleans Bowl. Um, and that's kind of the way this game materialized because they couldn't, they couldn't stop Michael Pratt or his receivers in that game. He he was he was perfect. Um, he went 14 for 15, and the one incompletion was a drop pass in the end zone. And usually, when a guy goes 14 for 15, Eric, it's because half of the passes were bubble screens or quick hitches or <laughs> quick outs. He averaged 21 yards per completion, um, and. He was throwing downfield right on target. Didn't always have to be on target because a lot of times the receivers were wide open. But when they weren't, he hit them right in the hands, right where it needed to be. He 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 was spectacular in the game all the way up until his last significant play in the game when he when he had a guy fall on his on on, on his leg with four minutes and thirty seconds left in the game and came up hobbled. And he's a really tough guy, but Tulane's going to need him to be a hundred percent on Saturday. And, and I'm not. We'll find out on Saturday how close to a hundred percent he is. 
Yeah, it, it, just an incredible performance. You yeah. mentioned again, 14 for 15, 294. Mm-hmm. Again, four TDs. You had some great stats. Again, you mentioned the 20 yard, one yards per yeah. completion. Highest uh, uh, FBS rating uh, mm-hmm. uh, this week was it 346? You had written, you wrote about three. Yes, correct, correct. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he was he was perfect. And again, sometimes sometimes that's a that's the receivers doing the work after the catch. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of that in this game. This was just Pratt being right on the money. Terrific play calling once again by Slade Nagel. Mm-hmm. I've covered Tulane for a long time, Eric, right. and I don't think I've ever seen a flea flicker work as perfectly as the one Tulane <laughs> right. dialed up in the third quarter. Yes. It involved four guys touching the ball, mm-hmm. and it was absolute perfection. Um, every everything again, Pratt threw a perfect ball when he didn't need to on that play. <laughs> Jaquan yeah. Jackson was well in front. Uh, they they had South Alabama had no idea what was hitting him on that play. But yeah, I started covering Tulane when I moved back to New Orleans in the Bob Toledo era. And every time they ran a trick play under Bob Toledo, it either was a turnover or lost 20 yards. <laughs> and right. this one went for a touchdown right after in a game that Tulane had dominated. South Alabama had just cut the lead to seven because of about a 10 minute bad stretch that Tulane played there spanning halftime. And uh, that, that, that reestablished control immediately. And that, 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 that was, that's a, that was a Slade Nagel special. Tulane had been practicing that for three weeks every day going into the game. And, 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 practice phase off well again to me um the, the play of the wide receivers were, were, was spectacular. Yeah. Again, that, you know, they, they show they got four deep, four, they're deep there. Yeah. But the offensive line, I thought they played mm-hmm. really well. Talk yeah. about it. Yeah, Tulane allowed one sack, and that wasn't on the offensive line. That was uh, redshirt freshman Makai Hughes, who actually bounced back and was really effective in the second half as a runner. He was in there, and that's what coaches always talk about with young guys. They want to know whether they're going to pick up blitzes, and Makai Hughes completely whipped failed his assignment and the linebacker just absolutely annihilated Pratt caused him to fumble. That was the first play that helped South Alabama get back in the game for a while. But the offensive lineman, Pratt, you don't, you don't average 20 yards per completion without great protection. Cause those were some long routes that were developing and Pratt had time to sit back in the pocket and wait for those routes to develop before he delivered the ball. You know, Willie Fritz said this was his best offensive line in his tenure, and, and they went out and showed it, particularly in pass protection. I've been telling you all preseason, I thought this was the best wide receiver group as a whole, and then yes. we saw that. Four different guys made big plays in that game. No, you, nobody's going to be able. This isn't like when Darnell Mooney was on the team, and team teams knew to key on him. They, they, they don't know who to key on because. It could be Jaquan Jackson hurting you. It could be Lawrence Keyes hurting you. It could be Dante Fleming hurting you. And then Chris Brazell came up. Brazel came up huge early, and he's a bigger receiver and a nice target with good hands, mm-hmm. different from the other receivers. Uh, that that that's that's a nice four four pack to have at wide receiver. You talked about Makai Hughes um, mm-hmm. again. He was very physical. Again, he yeah. had forty-one yards. Uh, is he the guy now? Is he got no, up it's, to the head? Good. He also made another mistake in the second half where he ran the wrong way and Pratt had to eat the ball, except Pratt never eats the ball. So he, he ran forward and gained a couple of yards, but took another hit right. on, on, on the way. He certainly, let's put it this way, he earned a chance because he was fifth string on the depth chart going into into the week. He obviously moved up to fourth because Arnold, due to Barnes, the, the Booker T. Washington uh, prospect and product, who I think is still only 17 years old, did right. not get into the game. Um but Makai Hughes did run tough. Now, look, South Alabama was a little worn down in the second half, and I think they were demoralized because they they came in thinking they were going to win the game, and it became apparent pretty quickly that Tulane was just better than South Alabama. And so, sure. but, but 
there's no doubt Makai Hughes ran hard. So he, he's right in the mix, but there, no, there's no settling. It's still two to three weeks away. Unless somebody is spectacular against Ole Miss Saturday, you're still going to see them all. Shadi Clayton Johnson, Iris and Celestine, who actually had a nice run but then fumbled um, uh, later. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and then uh, Shedra Lewis um, from – from Liberty, he had a couple of nice runs too, but nothing consistent mm-hmm. other than Makai Hughes in the second half. He Makai Hughes may have earned an, a promotion to earlier in the rotation, but th- this is still a completely wide open competition. They're still looking for somebody to step up and be, be the consistent guy that they need. Defense was as advertised again mm-hmm. when you, you talk about Cooper and Hicks and Jenkins yeah. and Deal and and, and Freelow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we go right down the line. Uh, the, the 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 guy that shined though. Um, what was was Platt uh, mm-hmm. at the at the at the, at the linebacker position? And you talked about him during the off season to watch yeah. this guy. He played very well. Unfortunately, the injury—it looks like it's going to be an Achilles. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about right. it. Talk about him because man, did he play well? No, I mean he was he was spectacular. We're talking about he had, he had 15 tackles and he went out before the end of the third quarter. And his 15th tackle was. He chased down South Alabama's quarterback on fourth down by the sideline and, and sacked him for for a turnover that essentially won, you know ended in ended the game for Tulane there in, in third quarter, and then he came up and it sure looked like a cramp from the press box when I was watching it. They were stretching out his leg, right. but then when I watched the replay on TV, you see all the telltale signs of an Achilles injury where as he. he his his limp got worse and worse as they were mm-hmm. taking him off the sideline, but he kept looking back at his leg like somebody was kicking him in the heel, and that's exactly how anybody who's ever had an Achilles injury described it. It feels like somebody's just kicking you there, and right. and that that's a tough blow. All Tulane is released at this point is that he's going to miss the Ole Miss game, but he's not coming back this year. That's that's right. uh, that's the, the unless 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 there's a real surprise. Um, he's not coming back, and that that's a huge loss because his 15 that tackles. Is. Dorian Williams had 17 tackles in the uh, Cotton Bowl last year. That was the most mm-hmm. by any Tulane player. Platt was well on the way to having more than 15 in his first career start, and uh, it, wow. Tulane's lucky in one sense that they're they've got two absolute starter quality linebackers around him, and they have and it's a spot where they only put two on the field, but. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker. He he's in that Dorian Williams mode. He's their fastest yes. linebacker, and that that's that that's a that's a tough loss, and it's going to be a really it, it it could affect them on Saturday for sure. Yeah. All right. Machado, Grubbs, Small. Yeah. How, how do they? Yeah. Is that just going to be a rotation now? But, but yeah, it's going. I think they're going to try to rotate them constantly because the other thing was Platt could play that door. You know, the, the linebacker positions they're pretty interchangeable, but one of them you more in coverage than, than the other, and that was and Platt kind of excelled at that. But now it's just going to be a strict rotation. I think they're going to alternate those three guys. The coaches are really high on Jared Small. I have not been as impressed with him yet. But you know they, they they know what they're doing, and 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 Smalls also he's coming off of two consecutive ACL injuries on opposite knees at LSU, so he he had to wipe the rust off when he played um, against South Alabama. But the coach is really high on him. They they feel fine with that rotation of three. Um, if a fourth guy gets on the field, that's where trouble occurs, and it's going to be a really hot day. But I think what they're going to do is just constantly rotate those three guys. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy will be out one series, and the yes. other guy in that and that kind of thing to try to keep them as fresh as possible because they really don't have a fourth linebacker without without Platt that they can trust against a team as good as on offense as Ole Miss. Yes. Um, how did you think the secondary performed last week? 
I, pretty good. I mean, yeah. My concern going into the year was the safeties, and I thought both the starting safeties played quite played quite well. DJ um, DJ Douglas for sure had a good name. Bailey Despanier Despanier had a good game, and and to me that was the biggest concern on defense. Now, so and South Alabama's quarterback came in with pretty good numbers. Obviously, a much bigger test this week against Ole Miss. But I, I, I thought they were solid. The cornerbacks were solid. And another guy, Lance Robinson, last year I thought he was outstanding in, as, as a, in run support. But there were times when I thought he got beat right off the line on, on, on pass coverage. He was terrific in that game. He was, he was their best cornerback against South Alabama. He, he jumped the route for an interception. He was aggressive. Um, so if, if they're strong in the secondary, other than Jarius Monroe, which we already knew was, was going to be strong, then this is a this is a defense that really is going to be a force to be reckoned with because uh, that front that defensive line that <laughs> they can be special this year. Talk about Ole Miss coming into into Yeoman. I, I know you heard the open. There are some of the Saints the biggest game again since the forties. Yeah. Ah, you know, <laughs> that, that, look, and I think that, you got to take two in kind of kind of years, throw, right? Look, it's a big game, Eric, but let's tone down that right. hype because. They played two consecutive bigger games last year. It's just that people mm-hmm. look at the Power Five school. But when they went to Cincinnati and had to win that game against yes. the two-time defending conference champions who had just made the college football playoff the mm-hmm. previous year and were ranked in the top right. 25, that was bigger. And then the conference championship game against UCF where the fans stormed the field at the end of the game, there is no Cotton Bowl if Tulane doesn't win that game because it goes to right. the conference champion. Only you have to be a conference champion. Um, having said all that, this is certainly the biggest non-conference game that Tulane's played in a long time. It's the first ranked non-conference opponent since LSU in 2007. And even though that game mm-hmm. was close for a half in the Dome, Tulane had no chance to win that game. So that wasn't a big game. <laughs> um, it, it's a huge non-conference game. And certainly for this team, if this team without, without Corey Platt and with Michael Pratt, maybe compromised, maybe not, we'll, right. we'll find out Saturday. If this team can get by Ole Miss, the sky's the limit for what they can do the rest of the year. It's got huge, huge implications for sure. It it really does. How do you anticipate, uh, again, Lane Kiffin attacking the the Tulane uh, defense? And then, of course, uh, vice versa, the the Ole Miss defense against the Tulane offense. Right. Well, uh, offensively, obviously, Lane Kiffin's offenses, they're always really good. Uh, two, Two Two things to be concerned about for Tulane. One, their kryptonite last year was quarterbacks who could run. Um, John Rice Plumley, a former Ole Miss quarterback, mm-hmm. really, really hurt Tulane badly in the first game against UCF. In the rematch, he was injured and couldn't really run anyway. Um, so that's a concern because Jackson Dart um, – He's a pretty good runner for, for Ole Miss. Um, and, and then the two is that, that speed that they run with. Tulane was not prepared for it at all two years ago, but the good sign is Tulane got to face it two years ago. So Willie Fritz saw what it was. They know how to make adjustments. But just maybe more importantly, Sheil Wood, Tulane's new defense coordinator, he was at Troy last year. Troy played Ole Miss in the opener last year, and they held Ole Miss to 28 points. They lost 28 to 10, um, but that's that's a pretty impressive performance. So he's seen Ole Miss's defense, the offense, and the pace they run. So I think Tulane will be much better prepared for that pace than they were two years ago. And it's also, it's easier to handle pace when you're at home mm-hmm. than when you're on the road. So so all of those factors come in. Defensively is a mystery for Ole Miss. Look, I, I talked to a couple of guys, insiders at Ole at right. Ole Miss this week, and I got two diametrically opposed positions. One person said and Ole Miss hit the transfer for portal heavy in, in the offseason. One person said he thinks this is the best team, the most talented Ole Miss team that he's seen in 20 years. Uh, and the other one said if Ole Miss loses early, 
they could implode a little bit because it's a shaky operation right now. So you can't get two more different opinions than that. And the reality is we don't know. Ole Miss lost five of their last six games last year, and part of that was the Lane Kiffin rumors about going to Auburn and the way he handled it and sort of making it all about himself. I think the team lost focus. But some of it may have been they they, they just weren't that good on defense. And I, I know, like, Phil Steele's preseason magazine, he didn't have a single Ole Miss defender on his first, second, or third team in, in the SEC. Are they vulnerable? I don't know. Like, you can't get anything. They beat Mercer 73-7 to last week. The fact that they shut down Mercer doesn't mean anything. They obviously have SEC caliber players, big and fast. But have they improved on defense? And can, can they really slow down Tulane? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out Saturday. So what do you, what's your prediction? What do you, what's your gut? The last time I picked against Tulane was against Kansas State last year. And right. uh, Tulane went in and, and, and beat them and were the better team. <laughs> Without Corey Platt, my gut says that maybe Ole Miss wins this game at the end, but I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not confident on that, uh, on that position. I'd love, yeah, I'd like to see a hundred percent healthy Michael Pratt too. Um, obviously that would be huge for, for Tulane. I, yes. That pace that Ole Miss runs, it's trouble for everybody. Tulane's going to have to score a lot of points. They're going to have to not make mistakes. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to who executes better at the end, but my gut tells me Ole Miss escapes with a win but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tulane finds yeah. a way to, to, to get the win. I'm going to be interested to see, again, the crowd, how it is split. I mean, a lot of Ole Miss people yeah. are going to come into town and spend some time in New Orleans, you know, where that's going to yeah. be. But, again, this is a sellout crowd, and everybody is electric. They're on fire right now about Tulane, and rightly so. Tell us about your fantastic site, uh, what you got coming up for us uh, in, in, the, in, in the paper, and then also yeah. how folks can follow you on social media. Sure. Um, working on a, uh, on a piece on Jared Small right now, the former LSU walk-on who is going to start there, who's going to have to play a huge role now with Corey, Corey Platt out after two consecutive ACL injuries. So that'll be up later, late, later tonight. And then a big, just a pre- big preview of the game tomorrow. Um, just what's it going to take to, to slow down that Ole Miss offense? And, and, and so a lot of insight from, from Tulane's new defensive coordinator, Sheil Wood there one other interesting thing about the crowd i had the note in the, in the story in the paper today you know there's rumors that Ole Miss fans bought up some season bought up a lot of season tickets themselves mm-hmm. just so they could attend this one game because the, the deal right. it's not that much yes. more expensive for season tickets at Tulane than it is for single games at some SEC places they got 3,000 tickets we'll see it how we'll see how much more is is, is 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 Ole Miss Tulane put in some safeguards to try to prevent that as much as possible but you can't prevent it totally so it, sure. it really will be interesting to see what the crowd split is on on saturday at gare smith on twitter now now x thank you for your time as always my friend looking we'll check in with you next week thanks for having me on always there he goes gary smith don't forget again about my friends with burkhardt air conditioning and heating uh, again north shore south shore east bank west bank i don't care where you live you got an ac system that is not operating cr- uh, efficiently or correctly uh, if that's if it is broken down completely call my friends at burkhardt they will come out with one of the 15 trucks in the field 30 minute courtesy call and then and of course one of their nate certified technicians will come in with the intention to repair your system won't come up with some mystery part that needs to be replaced so again you're getting gals are cheated again the honesty and of course Again, uh, uh, doing the continuing education so they keep up with the latest when it comes to HVAC systems. Want a company you can trust? Go with the company I've trusted for decades, Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. ACPromise.com. That's ACPromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants. All are open late. All are open seven days a week. Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookie, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. Get out there and enjoy a great meal or cocktails 
at one of the Oceana Family restaurants. We'll be right back with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints Podcast. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studios, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Call 444-4444. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has big savings on everything for school or the office. Save on school essentials like notebooks, pens, and crayons. In stock and backed by Staples Price Match Guarantee. In store only, visit staples.com slash price match for details. School on, save on at Staples. Seeing the slow on 610 East Metairie to New Orleans East, 11 minutes right now. Eastbound I-10 from Elysian Fields to the high rise. It's taken about eight minutes for you. Uh, we are seeing North Claiborne at Flood Street on the secondaries accident. Lower line at Oak Street and Royal at Mazant. We have an accident as well right now. Uh, ferries working, Chalmette, Canal, Algiers, Bell Chase, all in service. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service, Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soup, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we do it all. Whether it's a simple oil change, wheel alignment, preventive maintenance, brake repair, installation of a custom exhaust or suspension system. If you need repairs on climate control systems, cooling systems, electronic or electrical systems, we are the experts. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we are truly your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Hickory and Airline in Metairie open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you.
Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget about my friends over at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Of course, this half hour brought to you by Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted number one restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. Hey, if you're looking for a place in memory to go for a late meal, you can always get it at Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. They're open seven days a week for you. They're open late. They're open for lunch and dinner. Got a great menu that includes, again, all your Cajun Creole cuisine favorites. But as I've mentioned many times, a fantastic burger. Uh, they got great steaks, uh, pasta dishes that are outstanding. That Again, that Mardi Gras pasta is one of my favorites, uh, absolutely favorite. The chocolate Louisiana seafood, just, again, absolutely spectacular. And then, of course, again, the barbecue ribs. You love ribs. They got ribs that will melt in your mouth. I mean, uh, uh, and again, you got amazing cocktails, incredible beer selection. Uh, and, of course, something for everyone on that menu. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant unique because the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. What does that mean? Yeah. Yes, you got the authentic Louisiana cuisine, but you've got memorabilia that adorns the walls of Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Again, some of those are one-of-a-kind items, so it's like a, almost like a sports museum. And then 30-plus TV screens. These, these are, look, these are the days where you want to get your friends and family. You want to head on over to Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, grab yourself a table or a booth, and just kind of jones on all the sports. That Again, that'll be uh, on one of those 30-plus 30, 30 TV screens. And again, you'll never miss a play, even TVs in the restaurant. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You want to find out more, go to BobbyAbears.com. That's Bobby Bears Cajun Cannon Restaurant, 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bears Cajun Cannon Restaurant, so good. All right, uh, I want to thank uh, Gary Smith for joining us. Now we ha- we head to the uh, guest line. Joining us in the program, does a fantastic job with his, with his podcast, Locked on Saints Podcast. You want to find out what's happening with your Saints, uh, you should be tuning in every single day. Also, again, writing for Saints News, he does a fantastic job. He's Ross Jackson. He joins us every Thursday. Ross, how are you, bud? Hey, buddy, I'm doing great, doing great. Thanks so much, as always, for having me on. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Always good to have you, my friend. First of all, Saints, Tennessee, uh, why don't we start looking, break it down. What, what, are you, what are you looking for out of the Saints? What do you think they're going to have to deal with in terms of the Tennessee Titans on Sunday? Yeah, it, it's a challenge, and it's more, of, it's more of a challenge than I think that many people uh, kind of give it credit for. I mean, look, this is a Derrick Henry-led rushing attack, yes, but now they've added DeAndre Hopkins. They've got a pair of very talented receivers in Hopkins, as well as, of course, their young receiver, uh, first-rounder uh, from last year, Traylon Burks, out of Arkansas. I mean, these are two big-bodied, very talented, and also very versatile players. They can play both inside and out, can play on either side of the field, all of that. So just as versatile and dangerous as the run game is going to be with Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, the passing game is going to be just as uh, versatile and, and just as dangerous as well. And so that's something that the Saints are going to have to be prepared for. Um, you look at, they've got a solid defense and one that I think that can, you know, match up with these guys well, but they're going to have to be able to do it for, you know, 50, 60 plays uh, over the defensive side. And, and, you know, for the Saints, matching up with the Tennessee Titans defense, it doesn't get much easier either. This is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. Um, it's very, very talented passing defense. It was the number one rush defense last year. This is going to be a big-time challenge for Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints offense as they sort of try to find their footing in their newly orchestrated offense. Let me ask, first of all, about the Saints running back situation with Kendry Miller missing another day of practice today. Mm -hmm. Uh, That leaves Jamal Williams, Kurt Merritt, and then Mims and also Jones on the practice squad. Do you anticipate him playing, even though he hasn't practiced this this week with the knee? And if not, does Merritt move into the number two spot? Yeah, I think at this point I would call it a long shot for Kendra Miller to uh, to practice. We did 
see him at practice, which is good news. He just wasn't participating. He had no helmet. He was in his jersey. He left before uh, stretch began and, and all of that. So uh, I think that when you look at this New Orleans Saints team right now, in terms of where they then turn, uh, you know, in terms of the ability to be able to change pace, in the run game, then Kirk Merritt is, is probably the next guy. I mean, you, you think about what it is that Jamal Williams brings as a versatile back himself, but ultimately a guy that's going to be a bell cow in this situation. If you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to change the pace and be a pass catcher, what better option than the guy that converted from being a wide receiver, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think that Kirk Merritt would be on top of that. But I also think they'll find additional rushing production through Taysom Hill, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. But being able to do that with him uh, out of the quarterback position gives them yet another option and another version of a change of pace back uh, to get things going. Let's talk about the defensive line, interior of the defensive line, which will be tested this week against Derrick Henry. Uh, again, they've looked good in practice. Uh, they got a begin a lot of accolades from the reporters that have seen them. Uh, this is a big litmus test for them. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, I think that this quite possibly, even though being a – sort of, you know, transition unit or a unit in transition in terms of all the departures uh, that left, but then the additions, as you mentioned, the, the two veterans in Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard, and you look at the addition of Brian Brzee out through the draft, the retention of, um, of Malcolm Roach, I think is big. I think he's a breakout player this year. So I, I think that the Saints actually have enough talent there that they might actually have improved their defensive interior despite all that they lost in free agency. And, and I think that while they're going to be tested by Derrick Henry individually, the, the next piece is can they match up a, well against the Tennessee Titans offensive line, which is going to have mm-hmm. four new starters. And the one returning starter is moving from guard to center because he's a bit undersized. And so, oh, well, not because he's a bit undersized, but it, it, but it makes sense with him being as mm-hmm. undersized as he is. Okay. And so I think that, you know, that's the other piece of all this too is, you know, can this defensive line take advantage of a weakened or new or uncomfortable or however you want to look at it, young, together, um, uh, unfamiliar offensive line? And, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a, a big measure of what the success is going to be. And then the next part is even if you win off those blocks, even if you get, a, you know, get there and you're in position and you maintain your gaps, all those other things, as Joe Woods highlighted when we spoke to him today, the same defensive coordinator, you still have to tackle, and you still have to tackle Derrick Henry of all players, and that's what it is that right. makes Derrick Henry such a threat. Uh, let's talk about Hopkins and, and, and Burks and, and, again, how the Saints will match up. Will we see Lattimore one-on-one on Hopkins, or is he going to play his side and Debo play his side? Yeah, I think you'll continue to see the Saints defensive backs play sides um, and, and man their sides. I don't think that they're going to change that. But you'll still see a good bit of DeAndre Hopkins and, and Marshawn Lattimore because of that. The, the thing that's going to be very interesting is if the Titans do what they should do with DeAndre Hopkins, which is every now and then deploy him from the slot. That's going to be a really interesting matchup to see him and newly appointed slot corner, Alante Taylor, who matched up nine times with DeAndre Hopkins last year and performed very well against him on the outside. Um, is he going to be able to rise to the occasion immediately? I mean, he's going to kind of be thrown into the fire here, throw it to the defense. And so he's going to be a guy that you're really watching that will match up with DeAndre Hopkins as well. And effectively, all three of the Saints' defensive backs, the starting corners, either on the outside or in the slot, are going to match up with both Burks and DeAndre Hopkins as well as others. And so it's going to be a big test for them to kind of shift and adjust based upon not only 
guarding each of those players on a down-by-down basis and kind of having to adjust to that, but also having to adjust to where they're being deployed from. Let's talk a little bit about Derek Carr. Uh, give us your impressions through camp, and, and again, what we can expect out of Derek Carr in this offense. Will it be more of what we saw out of Drew Brees in the past, or will it be more of what we saw out of Winston uh, and, and Dalton over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think the the goal is to see more of what you saw with Drew Brees, a, a lot more, you know, pre-snap management, uh, making changes at the line of scrimmage, kind of controlling the game in a way based upon what the defense is showing. The tricky part here is that this is a Mike Vrabel-led defense. It's very good at disguising. And so not only are the Saints going to need to be able to kind of have that at the line of scrimmage, mental processing advantage that they once had with the Drew Brees, but they're going to have to be good, be better as play callers and be better as, you know, player distributors in terms of where the players are being deployed from all of that. The uh, Tennessee Titans, for instance, are going to have uh, a small short armed, short, short armed, excuse me, cornerback playing their slot role. That's going to be Roger McCreary, formerly of the Auburn Tigers. And if you get the opportunity as often as you can, Michael Thomas should be being deployed from the slot in that matchup. So you have your big physical receiver on an undersized, short-armed, but still very talented, fast, confident corner uh, in Roger McCreary. It's going to be taking advantage of those types of matchups and creating those types of mismatches that not only will Derek Carr be pivotal pivotal in maximizing and recognizing pre-snap, but also for the Saints to be able to create with their play calling. Um do want to do want to ask you uh, again about um, uh, the, the offensive line. Is it going to be Hurst or Pete that starts at the guard position? Yeah, I asked Dennis Allen during our conference call yesterday what is going into the decision about who will start at that spot, whether it be Hurst or Pete. And one of the, mm-hmm. the kind of smaller things that he said was that Andrews Pete was still getting into getting into football shape. And so okay. I think to me that's an indicator that I would probably put my money on James Hurst being the starting left guard going into this game. And I think that's the wise choice. Um, Andrew Speed has missed a lot of time over the course mm-hmm. of this offseason. That's part of why he's still getting into football shape. Dennis Allen did say that he's encouraged by what he's seen from him over the course of the past couple of weeks. But he had a rough going during that game against the Houston Texans. Um, you know, had a couple of blocks that he missed during that game, a couple of pressures that he surrendered. Uh, at one point got out ahead on a uh, screen pass and accidentally blocked the Saints player as opposed to the Texans player, just little like little things like that that are that are really are big things that you want to see kind of get cleaned up. And so I think the Saints would like to see those things fully cleaned up before they get him out there and make sure that he's in football shape. So I would expect right now for James Hurst to be the starter, but I don't think that we'll know for sure until game time. Staying with the offensive line, you've watched Penning throughout training camp. Uh, He seems to be a devastating run blocker. Again, it's still up in the air on whether he can handle the speed pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, How do you think the Saints deal with with, with him? Are they going to give him some help? Are they going to put him on an island? How do you think they proceed? I think they'll very likely put him on an island, and and they might be forced into that decision because – you're not going to be able to give up much in terms of your interior attention with a guy like Jeffrey Simmons lined up opposite you on the defensive interior for the That's a for great point. Titans. You know, I think that they're going to kind of be forced into making sure, all right, Trevor, this is all yours, buddy. you got to go out there and get it done. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and honestly, I don't think that that's something that Trevor Penning is concerned about. Like, I think Jeremy mm-hmm. Penning would welcome that challenge. We just have to see if he rises up to it, right? But it's going to be really, really tough in a matchup like this to be able to give him – 
a lot of help. He'll probably get it every now and then, but for the most part, he's going to have to handle his own uh, while the Saints have their other, you know, in terms of the interior, their, their kind of attention is going to be driven otherwise. You know, uh, Ross Jackson with us for a few more minutes. Ross, um, year two of Dennis Allen, uh, Pete Carmichael's been here forever. A lot to be left to say, left to be desired on, on again his play calling last year. We we get the impression we and I have talked about it throughout the program uh, over the last few weeks that Dennis Allen seems like a like a guy that's much more confident in control. We we had you had Gruden come in with Carmichael. How much do you think the the, the offense changes on, on game day in terms of again play selection with Derek Carr in the center and now Carmichael again still calling the plays based on what we saw last year to this year. Uh, I think it'll change quite a bit um, based on what we saw from last year. And, and I think that in terms of that change, it's just going to get back to what was familiar. Um, you know, oftentimes we talk about going back to what was familiar being right. based upon the baseline of the season before, right? Um, but in this situation, I think the last two years, you've seen things out of the ordinary, out of the norm for the New Orleans Saints. I think they want to get back to what they were doing 2020 and, and, and prior. And I think that Derek Carr gives them the opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, Pete Carmichael spoke with us today and mentioned that, like, look, you know, he said pretty outright. I mean, the self-awareness was, was pretty great to see. Just him kind of saying, look, I have to be better. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of things that I didn't do last year that he's, you know, seems that he's prepped to do this year. And I think that can, that can make a big difference. But the thing that's really good about this is that you're not really asking Pete Carmichael to become an entirely different offensive coordinator. You're asking Pete Carmichael to get back to the things that have already worked for him in the past. And I think that's a, that is an optimal adjustment as opposed to a, a less than ideal adjustment. And I think one that maybe is a little bit more attainable than the former. Uh, because it's very, very tough to try to get somebody to change who they are. It's a little bit easier to get back, get somebody back to who they want to be. Um, with with Jake Hayner being suspended for the first six weeks of the uh, of the season, do you anticipate the Saints uh, uh, signing another quarterback? I thought at first that they might, but with Jameis Winston leading the scout teams, it doesn't really feel like they need to. Um, I know that the NFL right now has this, you know, big third quarterback rule and everything, right. but it's not necessarily a requirement. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Saints mm-hmm. have to have one of those. I mean, technically, they have several emergency quarterbacks already on their roster, right. and one that's already built in and takes up a game day roster spot one way or another mm-hmm. and takes some help. And so, I do think that maybe what the Saints could do is maybe go and find themselves an emergency third quarterback that they like or somebody that they've you know played with here recently, like mm-hmm. a Trevor Simeon or a Jake Lutton. These guys that are still available right now, okay. and maybe be able to do that so that if those top two quarterbacks go down, they can maintain Taysom Hill as a part of the game plan. But I honestly think, I mean, even at that point, if you turn to your emergency third third quarterback, your game plan's probably a little bit out of the window no matter what. So you might as right. well go to something that you already know works, which is Taysom Hill under center. Sure. And so I, I, I don't you. know that they need – yeah. So I don't know that they necessarily need to be in a hurry to do that unless they're required to do that. That doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm the Saints during this six weeks, I'm, I'm probably looking to see, all right, is there another position that we can bolster? Can I move Jalen Smith to the active roster now? Can I have another yes. running back on the active roster while mm-hmm. Kendra Miller is dealing with these injuries and things like that? They don't have to rush to do that because it's not like anybody's going to get poached off their practice squad before they play a game. That's something they can kind of figure out next week. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how they handle it. The good thing is that they're not pigeonholed into making a decision because of the versatility on their roster. Beautiful. i got about a minute left. Who do you like on mm-hmm. Sunday and why? Yeah, a lot of Saints fans are mad at me right now, but uh, I'm taking the Titans in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had the Titans, I've had the Saints dropping this game from the moment that the schedule was released. I, I just think it's a very, very tough matchup. 
to go up against a team with all of the concerns they have on their offensive line, and I do understand that when it comes to the Titans. You've right. got a good quarterback that doesn't often make mistakes, but when you can get them to make mistakes, they come in droves. That's going to be the big deciding factor here is creating the first turnover. If you can do that, then you know the tune changes. But very good run game, very good passing game, phenomenal defense, very good defensive-minded head coach. This is going to be a tough challenge for the New Orleans Saints coming out of the gate with a brand-new sort of look in a lot of different places. And so I think it's just a matchup. You've got two very, very good defenses that are going to cause the opposing offenses a lot of problems. And so it's going to come down to special teams and short fields. And as of right now, I'm going to give the Titans a little bit of an edge there. I'm calling it 17-14 right now, but we'll see if the Saints can, can prove me wrong. There you go. Ross, tell us about your fantastic site, again, your, your podcast, again, uh, folk writing the Saints News, everything you're doing, and how folks can follow you on social media. Yeah, well, I will say, because I picked the Titans, I understand if you're not interested in any of this anymore, well, we'll revisit this next week. But if you'd like to... <laughs> hey, you got to call it like you see it, right? I mean, it is what it is. That's right. like you see it. I'm always honest. Uh, and if you want more of that honesty, you can head over to the Locked on Saints podcast, available on all podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. Just search Locked on Saints. You also find the written work over at Saints News Network, which is Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find that at Saints.media, wherever, um, you know, on your browser. And you can find it all in one place at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time each and every week. Uh, and as always, again, have a great week, and we'll check in with you next week. You as well, buddy. Thanks so much. Take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you here soon. There he goes, Ross Jackson, with us each and every week here on the program. All right, trust is everything. Uh, Burkhardt has over 10,000 customers because what? Referrals. Uh, Before I was a spokesman for the business, they were getting referrals. Uh, Again, still today, referrals. That's how they've grown their business. They treat their customers like family, and once you're part of the family, they take care of you. I mean, it rings in my ears. John Burkhardt telling me a long time ago, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. And those customers, again, are loyal to Burkhardt. You can trust Burkhardt to give you a fair price, do the job right, leave your home spotless, and get the job done. They'll get it fixed no matter what make or model. You can call Burkhardt anytime. The phone is answered 24-7. And, of course, those Nate certified technicians will be out to try to get you up and running, fix what, what, is, uh, what, is, uh, what is broken. And if you need a new system, they can give you one of the top systems in the, in the industry. Burkhardt Air Conditioning Heating, acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. I'm Eric Asher. We'll be right back. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your pal with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti, in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. 
Hey, Eric, welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign should say, sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what do you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Imagine this. You've been hurt in a car crash, but the insurance company only offers you pennies on the dollar for what you need for your injuries. You realize you should have called a lawyer, but how can you afford one now? At Dudley DeBosier, that call is free, and we are the only law firm in the state with the no-fee guarantee. That means you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22 This report is sponsored by Valero. Start saving on the road with Valero's 100 Days of Summer. Get fuel-saving snacks, swag, and more every day, all summer long. Only with Valero Pay Plus. Download the app and start saving right now. Additional terms and conditions apply. Seeing the slow on 610 East, Metairie to New Orleans East, 11 minutes right now. Eastbound I-10 from Elysian Fields to the high rise. It's taken about eight minutes for you. Uh, we are seeing North Claiborne at Flood Street on the secondaries accident, lower line at Oak Street and Royal at Mazant. We have an accident as well right now. Uh, ferries working, Chalmette, Canal Algiers, Bell Chase, all in service. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. If you're hungry and you're looking for a great meal, accompany that with some fantastic cocktails, great service. Think about the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookie, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, all open seven days a week. Oceana gives you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, and the rest of the restaurants, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant serving lunch and dinner. And that is, again, seven days a week for you. Fantastic menu, great cocktails, and, of course, service to boot. Get out there and enjoy a great meal or cocktail at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Thanks to Ross Jackson. Thanks to Gary Smith. I'm Eric Asher. Coming up in hour number two, Alec Cassell and Jordi Collada. Stick around, won't you? Straw. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. For the man who 
tells it like it is. You want a bitch? He's got him. You want information? He's got it. You want a host who is New Orleans? You found him. Eric Asher and Inside New Orleans. <laughs> Number two of Inside New Orleans, Eric Asher with you until six. Each and every weekday, four to six, right here on 106.1 FM. Check, catch us on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms. Also, again, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Uh, our social media platforms, join the conversation there. We post our podcast on our social media platforms. We post the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports on, on, on our, on our uh, social media platforms. Also, again, uh, always try to give you great information, great content. Good, uh, uh, also, uh, very opinionated, as you guys know. And, of course, we, uh, we also support our sponsors on our, uh, on our social media platforms. So join the club. Uh, at Eric underscore Asher on X, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans show on Instagram and threads. We'd love to have you as part of the party. And, of course, speaking of a party, it's a party uh, today uh, on uh, on the award-winning Inside New Orleans sports as uh, we celebrate our 10th anniversary with Mike Dettillier. If you missed the show today at 1 o'clock, check us out tonight at 6 on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock, WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the news, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Uh, again, 10th anniversary show today on uh, WLAE TV. And, of course, remember, our program here on the radio, we have a podcast, again, that is uh, a rebroadcast of our show. Uh, you can catch us on, again, all the major podcasting platforms, Anchor, Spotify, or Homebase, but we're on all podcasting platforms. Search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. All right, with that said, let's, um, let's jump into it. 
Uh, we're just a couple minutes away from Ali Gassel of the Bird Rights. Uh, that'll be followed by Jordi Collada, the Jordi Collada Show. Uh, and uh, as always, we want to uh, let everybody know about our fantastic sponsors. And, and, of course, our title sponsor here on a Thursday is the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and, of course, the one that started it all, Oceana Grill. Bourbon and Conti in the French Quarter voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining uh, by TripAdvisor. They're open seven days a week. If you love breakfast like I love breakfast, and I'm telling you right now, uh, you've got to try it. At least go, go by one time. And I promise you, it'll be one of the go-to spots for you for breakfast. You'll make your way down the quarter just to have breakfast at Oceana. Uh, again, fantastic breakfast. Traditional breakfast for you, but again, world-famous crepes. they got pancakes. They're outstanding. Uh, they have a Bloody Mary that'll knock your socks off. Um, fan- especially, again, that, that, that uh, loaded Bloody Mary where they have all the seafood on it. Oh, it's outstanding. And then, of course, fantastic cocktails will amaze that, that, that come from some of the great mixologists we have in the city. Uh, again, they're at the Oceana Family Restaurants. I've said it before, doing a live broadcast there for well over a decade when the, when the, when the waiters and waitresses would come out with, uh, with again, the, uh, uh, the libations from the bar. You get the oohs and ahs, and, and immediately people are going to the, to the menu to see, what is that? They're asking, they're grabbing their server. Who is that? What is that? And, and of course, uh, again, you can enjoy a fantastic uh, cocktail. Hey, down in the front of their authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Uh, again, lunch and dinner. Breakfast is served from 8 a.m. until 1 until 1 p.m. Lunch starts at 10 a.m. goes all the way to 4 p.m. And of course, the dinner service is from 4 p.m. All the way until 1 a.m. until the party stops at Oceana. They have five private rooms for you to have your next event. And believe me, Oceana knows how to put on an event. They can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests. Uh, and of course, uh, if they're not using that um, uh, those rooms for an event, they use that for their overflow. So again, you don't have to stand in a long line to wait to get, get wait to get into Oceana. Uh, try their authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night, and, and of course, uh, family friendly. Uh, a place where you can enjoy a, a great dining experience with friends. Maybe you got friends coming in from out of town, family coming in from out of town, or again, trying to close that business deal. You're heading down to the French Quarter and you're just looking for a nice place to have a great dining experience. It's Oceana Grill. Hey, to find out more, it's Oceanagrill.com. You know it by now, don't you? Oceana Grills, the best time off Bourbon Street. Open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And some great, fantastic cocktails, not to mention the char grilled oysters and the oysters on the half shell. I could go on and on and on and on. Get on over to Oceana Grill and enjoy a great meal. All right, uh, some quick notes for you before we uh, we get with um, uh, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. Uh, Kim Mulkey agreed to a 10-year, $32 million contract, uh, which makes her the highest-paid women's coach uh, in college basketball history. Uh, now, that's pending approval from the uh, LSU uh, Board of Supervisors. The advocate had that first, and, um, again, well-deserved. And as I mentioned in the first hour, to me, this is the, be- this is the beginning of, again, uh, maybe a little domino here because – um, the PMAC is in desperate need of, of either updating, upgrade, or again, maybe uh, again, going with a new arena altogether. Having a, having a championship coach who's had, who's had the uh, influence she's had on college basketball in the building, you know she has a lot of influence over, again, uh, the movers and shakers in Baton Rouge that are making those decisions, board of supervisors, those in the legislature, et cetera, who the next governor will be. You can book it. Uh, that the PMAC is either going to be upgraded, updated, or again they will have a new 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 uh, arena soon. Kim Mulkey, ten years, thirty-two million dollars, highest-paid uh, women's basketball coach in the history of college basketball. Jimmy Graham is not going to be charged in the arrest. 
in Los Angeles that turned out to be a seizure. That's great news for Jimmy Graham. And looking forward to Jimmy Graham on Sunday against the, the Titans. Speaking of, again, the injury list for the Titans, uh, Traquan Smith uh, out again with the groin, did not practice today. JT Gray's shoulder did not practice today. I've been mentioning that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, Ken, uh, Kendra Miller, knee, did not practice. That means, again, uh, probably bringing up Tony Jones from the practice squad. Uh, uh, Kurt Merritt moves into the number two spot. Uh, I, I agree with Ross Jackson. We'll see a lot of Taysom Hill running the football, but it's, it's basically going to be Jamal Williams' show on, on Sunday. And hopefully, again, he'll be able to uh, carry that rock. The Saints got to be able to get established to run on Sunday. There's no other way around it. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Ryan Ramshack had a, had a play uh, a Veterans Day off yesterday. They were full practice. So was Marshawn Lattimore, who was a late add to the uh, – to the uh, injury list yesterday, uh, he was he was uh, it was li- limited. Uh, he has full practice today, so that's good news for the Saints. All right, let's talk some Pels. Let's talk some basketball. Uh, there's nobody better in the city. The Bird Rights, fantastic site. Uh, whether again they're giving you the podcast or, or their written work, uh, they do a great job. Ali Cassell is the is the editor in chief, and he joins us each and every week here on the program. Ali, how are you? So I have to admit, anybody that's over here on the Carrollton side of Audubon Park, they're going through a very severe thunderstorm with hail it, it, right now. It's Actually, torrential. Yeah. yeah, it's torrential. It's, it's, so getting, mad, it's getting pretty dark out here in Metairie right now as well. But, uh, man, after everything New Orleans went through on Labor Day, the last thing you need is, again, is again uh, 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 flooding rains today. So hopefully, again, we won't see that. Right. I'm not sure how long it's supposed to last, but I'm in the middle of it. And I can't tell you the last time, Eric, I saw hail here in New Orleans. Right. Crazy, just crazy weather we're dealing with right now. No, no doubt about it. Ali, before we get started, tell the folks about your site. Uh, again, how folks can subscribe, how folks can advertise, how they can be part of the bird rights. Yeah, thanks, Eric. You can catch all of our work, which includes articles and podcasts, over at www.thebirdrights.com, where you'll find new stuff for you almost every day now again. We're less than a month away from training camp, so there's a lot to talk about. And unfortunately, I guess the latest news is unfortunate news, right, in the form of Trey Murphy's injury. Right. Well, let's jump into it because, again, uh, Woj broke the story. Uh, I'm not exactly, as I said the other day, uh, uh, again, I'm not exactly, don't exactly believe everything that comes out of the Pelicans uh, 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 camp when it comes to injuries based on, again, what we've seen with Zion in the past. But uh, what information do you have? We heard it was a slight meniscus tear. We, we heard there could be some surgery involved. They, they could allow that to rehab. Uh, you know, is it going to be a scope? Is it going to be a major surgery? What, what, what have you been able to find out through your contacts? Yeah, so it's a better case scenario, right, to where it's nothing that's going to last, say, you know, three to six months where it's, it's a heavy-duty repair of the meniscus. Sounds like it's just a small part of it. So really the question comes down to what are the doctors and Trey Murphy and everybody involved going to decide upon? Do you want to just try and rehab it? Do you want to actually snip the, the part that may be torn off? Or do you want to repair that part? So I think that's why we haven't heard um, anything come out concrete yet for a couple of days now, because it's honestly that fine of a line. And I'll be honest with you, I have a feeling that if I was Trey and you're just starting your career, I would be leaning towards the repair side. Right, Eric? We've seen players that try and take shortcuts. Um, and it's understandable, say, if you're in the playoffs. Like, I know Russell Westbrook has done it recently, but there's players, other players like Brandon Waugh, who saw their careers completely cut in half, um, and others that decided to opt for the quicker route. So even if it may be a small area, if I'm Trey, and if the doctors say that if there's any chance that you're going to potentially risk uh, having a longer career, 
then you should opt for a repair job, which, again, isn't that bad because from what I'm hearing, that would be probably at the most he misses two to three months as to where if yeah. he just has a little bit of a snip and let it heal or the rehab route, he should be back uh, within four to six weeks. Very similar right. to what Larry Nance was uh, right when they mm-hmm. made that trade for C.J. McCollum a year ago. Larry had to have right. one of those mastectomies, and he ended up missing about four to six weeks. You know, uh, and, and I'll, I told this to the audience earlier this week. I, a few years ago, I had a slight tear of the meniscus, and, and they opted for me just to do rehab. And, again, look, it was a little bit of pain. Uh, it, it comes down to your pain tolerance. And, of course, I was able to, again, get that thing back into shape during uh, rehab. Others, again, that I know, friends that have had torn meniscus, have they had to go ahead. They have to be scoped. or They've had mm-hmm. the full-blown surgery. And, and, again, it'll be interesting to see, again, how severe this is and then what, as you mentioned, what route they take in terms of, again, getting him back on the floor. Will it be, again, uh, the, the, the surgery where it's out three months, or will we see them, again, just rehabbing this and maybe, again, four to six weeks? Right, and like I said, from everybody I've talked to, it sounds like he's definitely avoided that severe worst-case type of scenario. So really the question is going to be, like you said, Eric, what's going to get him back to 100% in the healthy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in the mindful way that it doesn't affect his career? I think that's ultimately what they're going to decide upon. Uh, I hope they lean towards, actually. Because, look, I know that Trey Murphy, as we all know, is one of the best three-point shooters in the league, but he's so vital, right, to this team that barely shoots any threes that it is. But I was curious, Eric, I looked it up. Trey missed three games last year, and I was thinking, boy, the Pelicans probably didn't make any threes and probably didn't shoot many either. That really wasn't the case. In the three games that he missed, they ended up attempting an average of 38.3 attempts a game. And I have to probably not tell this to too many people, but the Pelicans only averaged 30 as a team all of, all of last season. And they also hit in those three games at a reasonable uh, rate, 35 36%. So that kind of gives me a lot of hope that they can survive this injury, that it points to that others can step up. Now, last year, Devontae Graham soaked up a lot of those shots for the Pelicans. Sure. But, look, if C.J. McCollum, I mean, you've got to know he's a very intelligent player. He's going to know what the team needs. He's probably going to look to shoot more threes. But really, the key's going to be Brandon Ingram. He's going to have to mm-hmm. honestly take it upon himself to shoot more while Trey's out. And then you're going to have to look to the rest of the roster. And so – whether it's Kyra Lewis, uh, maybe even Jordan Hawkins, if he shows he can handle NBA minutes. But they're going to need somebody else to make a few for them as well. You know, and that's what I talked about this week. You know, after watching Jordan Hawkins in the summer league, I think there's a learning curve for him. Uh, now, yeah. again, you'd love to say uh, that, you know, he could come in and make an in- instant impact. But even Trey Murphy took a while before he got his confidence and, and became the player that we saw he was last year. Who do they turn to? I mean, I, I thought you had an in- interesting uh, uh, post on, on X recently. Why don't you talk about it? Right. So, look, Eric, I, I really think it comes down to, like I said, first, CJ. He's got to take above what he normally shoots. Brandon Ingram, you've got to look to double it. But then that third person's really kind of interesting. Could it be Herb Jones improving? But really, for me, I'm looking at the bench because this Pelicans bench really needed to have another score coming off of it. All of last year was mostly just Trey when he wasn't starting, uh, especially after Devontae was moved to San Antonio. Now, say you don't have Trey for the first six to eight weeks, who is going to be that score off the bench? You know it's not going to be Larry Nance. It's not going to be Dyson Daniels. And you've got to think it's not Jose Alvarado, or if it is, you don't want it to be Jose because he's not a good you know, scorer. He's a low-efficient type of guy. He can have those outbursts like he did those 38 points against Denver last year, but for the most part, that's not his role. So, when I look at the entire roster, it really 
Kyra Lewis is the one that stands out for me, Eric. He was a very adept scorer at Alabama, could score from all three levels. And I thought we saw that guy last year, right, in the New Orleans uniform. He only got to show it, though, in less than 300 minutes. So that's the problem. Can he handle it? Can he be aggressive and be confident? But I think his game, it's there. It's just Willie Green, the coaching staff, is going to really need to stoke somebody's fire. And I'm really hoping it's Kyra. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, now, like I said, the bird rights is with us. Ali, it's got to come internally, right? I mean, when, when you're over the cap like they are and, 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 you know, again, flirting with the luxury tax, you got to believe that, again, that they're probably not going to make a deal. They, they want to go with this roster. But would they be forced to make one if ultimately they go into camp and they don't have that three-point shooter? I don't think they need to because they have a different couple of ways that they can play and still score effectively. Look, the secret is out. Zion, when he's on the court, is a wrecking ball. The best scorer in the paint in the league, even better than Giannis. So you know where you're going to get your points and how you're going to basically survive games by shooting those uh, two-pointers from up and close and getting to the free-throw line. Like I said, many a team has won consistently by doing that route, even in today's modern three-point shooting league. But here's the other thing. You can say, okay, well, you're missing X amount of three-point attempts and three-point makes, so go get a Terrence Ross. But what I think of, the way I look at it is, I don't think if you got a Ross that, one, he could be incorporated enough to where, okay, we're going to get him 12 shots a game when this team couldn't even get Trey Murphy enough shots last year. And that's when, remember, a lot of people were missing half the time. And the other thing is, opponents will not respect a Terrence Ross like they will Trey Murphy. So even if, you know, Terrence gets hot for, say, a week or so, they're still, I don't think, going to change their game plan, unlike they would with Trey, who's going to provide that good gravity give you those driving lanes for Zion and B.I. So if you're not going to have any of this, then I'm not sure why you even make a move. And as you mentioned, Eric, they're already in a luxury tax. Instead right. of wasting or throwing away Kyle Lewis, I'd rather they utilize him than chase some guy that probably doesn't even deserve NBA minutes just to fill that quote-unquote three-point shooting firm. How about the athleticism of Trey Murphy? Because he's proven now he's a guy that can go to the basket. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's got an adept uh, in terms of, again, uh, scoring around the basket, jumping, uh, his rebounding. I mean, t- he's turned into a pretty complete player a- a last season. How do they replace that? Yeah, that's where you have to hope that, A, Larry Nance can be fully healthy, that Herb can play a little bit bigger, that really Dyson is probably the one I'm circling, both Dyson and Najee Marshall are really going to have to play well, well where they can handle those big forward type of minutes um, because that's what they're going to have to play, right? The three and the four, provide mm-hmm. some weak side defense. And that's where Trey was still really learning the game, right? Our, he's got the athleticism. We saw it last year, right? Dunking over centers, dunking over people. He had no fear. He was looking forward to dunking on Victor Wembanyama. Right. So I don't know if not, Najee Marshall Dyson can provide that, but they can provide those other little things that I know that this team needs, right? It's that weak side defense being a threat um, in the lanes, in the paint on both ends of the ball, and rebounding the basketball. And that's why I say when you're losing Trey for a little bit of time, it's not the biggest killer, right? Because Trey's game was still evolving. Yes, he was a good scorer, a good three-point shooter, but he wasn't giving the Pelicans that much defensively mm-hmm. or on the glass. So, in the end, I, I think that the Pelicans will be fine. I really do. Just, they can't sustain any more injuries. Let this be it for now. Yeah. Uh, you have Team USA taking on Germany in, in the semifinals with a chance to go to the gold medal game. Your thoughts? Well, U.S. kind of showed that they were upset at the loss, right, to Lithuania, and, and they thoroughly demolished a, a really bad Italy team. So they did what they needed to do. And I kind of enjoyed that Anthony Edwards only shot the ball six times. 
You know, that was my biggest problem with Lithuania games. Just like it has been really all the, the, the schedule so far, USA's play, where there's been one or two guys, you know, just dominating the ball when they're on the court. And that was Jalen Brunson and especially Anthony Edwards. So you saw what happened when he kind of took a backseat. Others shine, and nobody bigger than Mikhail Bridges. And I think that's the way they should play. Take advantage of the mismatches. Try and push the ball to whoever's ahead. Try and transition. Finding all those easier type of baskets. And I think that's, that's just the key. You've got all that talent. Utilize it. doesn't matter whose name it is. But just go get those easy shots instead of, you know, shooting these static jumpers that – and I know Anthony Edwards might become a superstar – but he's not Michael Jordan yet. He's not Kobe Bryant yet. So there's no reason for him to play like that. So I hope that they learn something in that Italian game because it's going to get a lot tougher, right? Germany gave right. the or excuse me, the team USA a lot of fits, and then boy, mm-hmm. that final looks like it's going to be something special. If uh, depending on who gets there, but I'm leaning that Canada is going to get there. That's going to be a tough matchup too. No doubt. Tell us about your fantastic site, how folks can subscribe, uh, again, and also, uh, uh, again, how they can follow you on social media. Right. So you've heard about the website, www.thebirdrights.com, but please follow us along us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel under the same name. And uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have any kind of uh, inquiries, uh, in terms of advertising, or just simple any kind of basketball questions. Please, like I said, feel free to ask me. You can either DM me on Twitter or X, I guess is the proper term yes. now. And you can email me through the website where you can find a link. Beautiful. Always appreciate your time, my friend. We'll talk again next week. Hopefully, again, we get news, good news about Trey Murphy. Absolutely. Thanks, Eric. Take care, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Stay dry. There you go. There he goes, Alec Cassell, the bird rights. Uh, by the way, folks, you know, somewhere in New Orleans right now, somewhere within the sound of my voice, people are losing their power. I'm not. You know why? I've got a Generac generator from Burkhardt. Uh, if you're looking for a generator for your home or business, and, of course, with, again, the condition of our grid, man, you, if, if, again, if you own a home, it's almost a prerequisite now. You've got to invest in a generator. Uh, Burkhardt can take care of everything for you. Planning, permits, inspections, they do it all. The dedicated generator team are experts when it comes to generators. You can finance that generator all, all over time. They give you a new install quality check after one month. That means what? One of, the, one of those members of, the, of that generator team will come out and, and, again, show you how to operate the system. They offer you emergency service. They offer you maintenance service. They have a warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need. And, of course, you know the installation is going to be done right because Burkhardt is doing it. Uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning, Heating, Generator, Sales, and Service. Uh, if you are looking for a generator for your home or business, remember what, I, what, I've, what I've told you over the last couple of weeks. In New Orleans, it takes about two weeks to get a permit, and in the surrounding parishes, about a week. You call Burkhardt today, within a week and a half, two weeks, you'll have a generator in your backyard ready to be able to click on when the power goes off. Burkhardt Air Conditioning, Heating, Generator, Sales, and Service. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Oceana Grill. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, and the Hideout Bar. All are open late. All are open seven days a week. Oceana serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Mambo's serving lunch and dinner. And, of course, uh, great food, cocktails, and live music at the Hideout Bar. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Coming up next, Jordy Collada, Jordy Collada Show. Don't move. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgaters Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgaters Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. 
This report is sponsored by New Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets. New Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets. This back-to-school season, get your family a 10-piece of KFC's original recipe chicken nuggets for just 5 bucks. Tender, juicy, hand-breaded, made with 100% white meat. You've never had nuggets like these. That's finger-licking good. Big thunderstorm happening between New Orleans and Baton Rouge right now, and it looks like 610 East is taking the brunt of it between Paris and the I-10 merge. We're seeing traffic crawl. That rain is causing the problem. 610 East from Metairie to New Orleans East. It's taking about 22 minutes right now because of that slowing. Accident working uh, looks like Desire Parkway at uh, Old Gentilly Road and Holiday Drive at LA 428 accidents. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Don't forget about my friends over at Southern Tire, family owned and operated by the Piazza family since 1972. It's where I bring my vehicle. I trust Southern Tire with my vehicle. It's out of warranty. I'm not sending it back to dealership to pay those dealership sticker, sticker shock prices because I know the Piazza family has me covered. Tony Sr., Tony Jr., Tony's daughter Jen, Tony's wife on staff every day. Again, some of those ASC certified technicians have been with, uh, with uh, Southern Tire for decades. Toby's usually works on my vehicle. Charles will meet you as you, as you, as you come into the door and of course the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area bar none wheels and tires up to 30 inches and right now some of those major brands on sale at southern tire hey you can finance that over time if you like pay it up front and remember again the same diagnostic could be get the dealership you get a southern tire as well asc certified technicians doing the continuing education man look it is a locally owned and operated company it's been around since 1972 you don't stay around in this town that long unless you're taking care of your customers, no matter what you're doing, especially in the automotive industry. Uh, if you're looking for a company you can trust with your vehicle, it's Southern Tire, Hickory Airline in Metairie. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. They got Saturday service for you, 8 to 3. And, of course, 504-737-1558 is the phone number. SouthernTire.com is the website. Uh, Southern Tire, Hickory Airline in Metairie, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Hi, Eric Asher, once again, talking about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. This is the time of year where you want to feel comfortable, and Burkhart wants you and your family to be safe. That's why they asked me to talk about Generac Automatic Standby Generators. When the power goes out, a Generac generator from Burkhart will keep the lights on, your refrigerator on, air conditioning. It's all up and running instantly. So next time the storm hits, don't be left in the dark. Talk to Burkhart about a Generac generator. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. 
Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. If you're heading down to the French Quarter and you want to have a dining experience, why don't you do it again at at the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street? It's Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Uh, Check them out. Cajun Creole cuisine uh, that is absolutely outstanding with great steaks, hamburgers, uh, barbecue ribs that will melt in your mouth, Louisiana seafood, pasta dishes that are outstanding, and, of course, again, a uh, again great mixologist that are, that are serving some of the best cocktails in the city. Uh, if you're looking to, again, to uh, have, have a great time, hey, uh, check out the uh, the picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street. Uh, have your uh, dine there. If not, maybe again it's the French Quarter Courtyard that you'd like to dine in. Beautiful day, spectacular by night. Uh, go to the second floor, and again you've got a Bourbon Street balcony. You got bars on every single floor. All three floors have their own bars, and and of course also again plenty of seating to dine and have a cocktail. And then why don't you head up to again the unique part of the Mambos, which is again the only one you'll find is the, the Bourbon Street's only rooftop uh, uh, bar, which, again, uh, has great seating for you. You can dine there, have cocktails. The sight lines are incredible. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. You can find out more at Mo- MamboNola.com. If you're looking to get together with friends, family, maybe you're trying to close that business deal. Uh, maybe, again, you just want to show, show the uniqueness of, again, Mambo's, the great restaurant. Go ahead and head on over to 411 Bourbon Street uh, and head to Mambo's. Right next door is the Hideout Bar. Uh, you go next door, they got live music. Also, again, uh, great food for you, cocktails in, in a French Quarter courtyard setting, a 300-year-old building. You can have a great time in the 400 block of Bourbon Street and not leave. 411, 413 Bourbon Street. It is Mambo's and the Hideout Bar, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. Make your next Bourbon Street memory at Mambo's and the Hideout Bar. All right, um, we are back. I want to thank Alec Gassel for joining us in the program. We now turn our attention to the LSU Tigers. Uh, Jordy Collada joins us each and every week on the program. His show, the Jordy Collada Show, and his platforms are outstanding. He's on YouTube. You can catch him anytime you want. You catch him 7, uh, seven to 9 in the, in, in the morning as well. Uh, and he joins us every week on our program. Jordy, how are you, buddy? Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me, man. Always good to have you. Joy, before we get started again, what you've been doing on your program, give the folks a little bit of a tease about what's going on and what you have tomorrow as well. Yeah, we are live 7 to 9 a.m. on YouTube every single day, and we have partnered up with the largest digital marketing company in our state and one within the southeast in our region, uh, Click Here Digital, which is a monster over here in Baton Rouge, located in Baton Rouge, but really known throughout the country and we do our show now live from that studio. They built us a studio on their, uh, they got a 20,000 foot campus, square foot campus over here in Baton Rouge and 120 employees under the roof and you know everything from digital marketing ads and Facebook and social media and all that stuff. So it's a great company to be a part of. And the show's really kind of get a chance to go to the next level. They're going to put some money behind it and some production behind it. Man, it's exciting times for us. Is you know, it's kind of the the next step in our evolution. Yes. And, uh, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a ride, and you know, I, I, I always tell you, and you know, mean it so much how 
how grateful I am to to you for giving us a chance to come on and promote and tell the people of the city where we are and how to find us. And, you know, our numbers have shown that we've got a great following and listenership mm-hmm. in New Orleans. My, you know, my, my wife lives in, in, it works down in New Orleans and right. uh, we spend a lot of time down there. We'll be in restaurants and walking the streets and, you know, people telling me that they hear me on your show and have followed us on the show. It's just, um, you know, we can't, we can't really express how much we appreciate, uh, you know, days like today and how much you've been, along our side the entire time. So uh, it's been awesome. Uh, great things happen to great people who, again, have talent, and you're a very talented individual. And look, it took a lot of courage to do what you did, okay, to, to, to jump into this medium where, again, a lot of people are maybe dabble but not done it, and, and you've done a great job, and now your platform is blowing up. And, again, it has the, a lot to do with the hard work you put in. Uh, I'm just happy to have you each and every week on our program. Well, I love being here, man. It's great to be here. I appreciate it, Always appreciate you, my friend. Let's get started. Whew. Man, I got to tell you, Jordy, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Did not see the yeah, domination yeah. of Florida State. Did not see the lack of adjustments. Why don't you take it from here? Tell the folks what you saw. Well, I, I, you look, I think you got to – man, that, that, was, that was so discouraging. You know, I mean, and I've, I've been highly emotional all week and, and have been getting you know, some, some feedback and, and some, some backlash from the listeners of maybe a little too much. But you know, I, the buildup of the season, E, and then to go into that game and – you know, the, the most disappointing part for me in just the evaluation of it was as deep as, you know, you, you were led to believe in some of the buildup of the talk. And then, you know, going out and watching fall camp and, and, and seeing some guys that, that really, you know, stood out that could help LSU and not seeing them on, sun, on Sunday. Guys like Chris Hilton at wide receiver, a, a junior, a guy that's, you know, kind of been through it. I mean, he's paid his time and you know, it really felt like he was – he was due. He was ready. And Brian Kelly had really talked him up in the off season and throughout fall camp. And, you know, he, he's a, he's, he's got a different skill set than, than the rest of it. He's a little bit, you know, he's a, he's a world-class sprinter. And, you know, I mean, just kind of in, in the, in the phase of that game and the way that it was going, not to throw him out there. Shelton Sampson's a true freshman out of Baton Rouge who they've really raved about through fall camp. Who's a wide receiver. You know, I mean, guys that, that have really, you know, Quincy Wiggins, second year, defensive line. I mean, they're getting gashed up front, and, and there's no there's no trying of, of, of more options, putting more people out there. I, I was so surprised at the lack of personnel. Uh, you know, more than more than anything, that the ineffectiveness not to go to more players, to more options, right. because guys that just weren't getting it done. And you know, I mean, that falls on coaching. And I, I thought that you know, Matt House for for what has happened to Harold Perkins throughout game one, and this is probably where I'm a little too, too emotional. I'm probably too, mm-hmm. uh, too close to it. But it, it, how you can game plan your best player out of the game, e, that's hard to do. <laughs> I mean, yes, it football, is. <laughs> that, that is tough to do when, when, when you've got a guy who can affect the game like Perkins is proven to do. It's not like this is last season where you don't know what he does best. And just to sit there and watch him play on roller skates and get taken out of the play, going up against guys that are 120, 130 pounds more than he is, where he just can't get his hands on. It's physically impossible. You're asking him to do something that just he can't do. And for nobody to recognize that, Pull the plug on it, make an adjustment, 
and and, and just put him in a position to, to to mess the game up. You know, things that he does great. I just thought it was a failure on on, on a lot of levels. You know, I mean, I just I'm not here to knock the quarterback. I'm not here to knock. You know what 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 was um, you know what what the offense was doing. I mean. If there's any criticism for me for the offense, it just there's no evolution. There, there, there's there's no next step. There's no second year of. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a senior quarterback. He's got the same head coach, the same offensive coordinator, the same offensive line coach, the same wide receivers coach, and the same running backs coach. I would imagine in that room alone, where you've just got consistency, that. You, you, you got a lot of football minds, and you got a senior quarterback who's seen a lot. Seen the AC, you know, the, the Pac-12, the SEC. I mean, he's seen some stuff. Now it's maybe time to to get him a little bit more responsibility. And you know, I mean, everything that we heard from Manning Passing Academy of he's big, strong, and he's now throwing the ball down the field. I still thought that there were opportunities for him to take shots the other night, and he was a little hesitant. So, you know, I said I wasn't going to criticize him, and here I am criticizing him. And, you know, I just oh, think that my, 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 my take on the offense is that there's just there's no, there's no evolution. There, it, it hasn't mm-hmm. taken that next step when you thought it would with you know, upper-class personnel. Yeah. Uh, if I could stop you for one moment. Uh, the breaking news, Woj is reporting Trey Murphy III has underwent surgery to repair his slightly torn left meniscus. He is expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks, uh, so he'll miss the beginning of the season for the Pels. Going back to, 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 to LSU, I'm with you on, on Perkins. It, it, it blew my mind how they played him. Now, the question is, look, Brian Kelly's a smart guy. So is Matt House. Uh, I, I don't know, and I said this on the program earlier this week. You... you, you <laughs> You don't take Lawrence Taylor and try to make him into Mike Singletary. I'm hoping they're going to put him back in a position where he can be successful. Give me your thoughts. E, I mean, if they don't, what's going on? You know, I mean, really. And and I I thought, you know, Kelly's comments on Monday didn't lend to the fact that he sees the big picture on this. And I agree with you. Very smart guy. He is a master communicator. But on this, it, it, it seems like, there's a little bit of a disconnect. I mean, he ran down his priorities when he was talking about Harold Perkins. And number one was player development. We're all on board there. The second bullet point he brought up on Harold Perkins and the responsibility of the program was that he, he said that it was they were thinking about what position he plays at the next level. And then third, he said win games at LSU. I'm like, mm-hmm. that can't be the priority, right? I mean, like, it's your responsibility to make sure that he has a position at the next level. It is your responsibility to developing and get him ready for the next level. I look at guys like Isaiah Simmons that came out of Clemson that played Mm -hmm. all three levels for Clemson. He played defensive back. He played linebacker. He put his hand in the dirt. LSU played him in a natty. He went eighth overall to Arizona. They finally put him at safety. He just got traded to the Giants, and they're putting him at – you know, kind of a rover position. He's just one of these players that's a little different than everybody else. And to me, if you're a defensive coordinator, if you're a football coach, these are the dudes that are fun to coach. Like, I mean, there's probably a lot of the same prospects that come through there, guys that can do just about this, guys that run 4-4, four, 4-5, four, four, guys that can jump 35, you know, 30, just kind of mm-hmm. the same people. But then you get like a Harold Perkins or a Tyron Matthew or – you know, one of these freaks that just walks through the door and you're like, well, hang on, this can be fun. You know what I mean? Like, we could, we could do some stuff here. And 
I just I just hope that's not the plan with Harold Perkins, mm-hmm. what we saw on Sunday night. I mean, I, he, he, there's enough – I mean, forget the criticism. Forget right. people barking. There's just got to be enough pride inside that room to say, hey, look, we can't mess the best player in, in, in college football on defense up, potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm listening to the show. It's not just us. I mean, people around the country in college football are wondering, what in the hell and are they doing so. with Harold Perkins? Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's long for LSU unless they put him in a position where he can excel. And I get the part about, again, wanting to be able to do what's best for Harold Perkins on the next level. But you're right. It's about winning football games for LSU right now. And when you have a guy with that type of talent, you have to put him in a position where he's going to affect the game. And he, he was ineffective at the middle linebacker position. E, if we told Harold Perkins today, you'll be the eighth pick in the draft if we move you around and just play you all over the place. I got to imagine he'd be like, okay. I mean, like, look at what the number eight pick in the draft is making. That's a top ten pick. I mean, if if you're just developing him on the track that he was on last season, like, to me, like, they keep, you know, the the explanation is, well, last season it was just sea ball, hit ball. Okay, well, take the sea ball, (laughs) hit ball theory and just take the 2,000 level of that. Right? I mean, like, give him right. a little bit more responsibility, but it's still all about see ball, hit ball, because mm-hmm. that's what he's best at. You know I mean, like, like right. that, that's how he totally changes the outcome of the game. I mean, turn on the film against Arkansas, turn on the film against Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, people are coming at me and say, well, Georgia, Georgia and Texas A&M scheme to get. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to run into good scheme and good football teams. Georgia's personnel is the best in the country. Texas right. A&M is motivated to play LSU. Harold Perkins was committed to Texas A&M. He comes from Texas. He, he put a lot of pressure on himself. I'm not making excuses. Harold Perkins mm-hmm. is a dominant football player. When you put him in the middle of the field, you totally handicap him. And that's just it, – it, it cannot go on. It cannot go I agree. on. For God's sake, I definitely agree. Jeez. (laughs) Well, let me ask you about the running back position. Again, you can't have Jaden Daniels as your leading rusher. Uh, they got a, eight running backs and, once again, enable, uh, inability to be able to, again, get a running game going. Offensive line, again, a little bit questionable, where, where again, we didn't think there were questions there. Talk about the running game, offensive line, and running backs. I like Bradford. I really do. I think he's a little different. But, you know, he, he, I hear the quote that Jaden Daniels can't be the leading rusher. And, and I heard that all offseason. But then they get to the game and they run him 16 times and they run the collection of running backs 11 times. Like, it doesn't matter who – like, let's just say you played one guy and you just gave him 11 carries. That's not going to get him going. You know, like, that, that's not going to – that's not going get, to get, you know, the identity starting to be mm-hmm. built of you're a running team and take a little yes. bit of pressure off of, of the quarterback spot. And the play caller, you know, I thought that the play caller was was really just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, rather than kind of being strategic and trying to set it up, and you know, I mean, after the first play, it looked a lot like last year. And I mean, you give a defense like Florida State a year to look at film, they're going to be ready for that little Mason Taylor Absolutely. run pass option, you know. What I mean, like that. That's obviously their bread and butter. That's obviously their go-to. They feel very secure about that because they call it all the time. You know, I mean, they, they call it all the time. But that there has like that's what I'm talking. There needs to be an evolution. Like that play needs to evolve. Like you can still run it, but there needs to be another option to it, like a backside post or something. Where you know, I mean, 
people aren't ready for it because you're, you're, you're very predictable when you line up with that personnel and Mason Taylor goes in motion and it's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's very now easy to comprehend. And that's, again, the most disappointing part about it was that you got all this off season, you got all this experience, you got all this coaching consistency in the same room and you come out looking like last year, like that's, that's concerning. Yes. Offensive line. Do you see some changes? Yeah, I think you see Lance Hurd, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of agree not going to him last week because I, I think when it's all said and done, Florida State's defense might be, you know, it might be one of the best they face all season. I mean, it will yeah. be one of the best they face oh, yeah. all season. But it might that. be top two. It might be like, mm-hmm. you know, up there with, with, with Bama. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, they got, they got dudes. I mean, they got pros. Yeah, they do. I mean, and <laughs> that, that right side of the offense. That's an SEC line, line man. Yeah, absolutely. Big time SEC defensive line. You know, what I mean, big time SEC. Um, and you know, I mean, look, he's a true freshman. He's as gifted as Emory Jones and as Will Campbell is. It was a long night for Jones on Sunday. Campbell, you know, he he was in a fist fight and he he was going back and forth and you know he won some. He got beat a little bit, but you know, I think you throw Hurd in an environment like that, man. That's that's the deep end. You know, I mean, that's the that, that, right. that's that's the deep end with rough waters. I mean, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I, I I think they want to get to him very fast because I think he's a part of his best five. You know, I think right. that when it's all said and done, you'll have um, Emory Jones at right guard. They'll just bump him down, and then they'll put Lance Hurd at right tackle, the true freshman, uh, at a Neville. Who you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's. It's freakish what these offensive yes. line recruits look like now, and, and you know he's one of them. I mean, last year you had Jones and Campbell, and here comes Hurd. Mm-hmm. He 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 really is one of the best five. So I expect them to get to him this weekend, and and really by SEC play by Mississippi State, I, I imagine he's in the lineup. He's Jordy Kalana. Jordy Kalana show each and every weekday seven to nine on YouTube. Jordy, again, uh, tell us about your platform and how folks can follow you on social media. Yep, easy to do. Just uh, hit us at Kalata Show uh, is where we're at on social media and all platforms, wherever you are, TikTok, um, X, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find us there. And then on YouTube, 7 to 9 a.m. every single morning, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, talking a lot of LSU sports and getting you ready for uh, Saturday with Ramblin' in town. So uh, tune into us. We appreciate it, as always, E. We- we appreciate you. And, again, thanks for the frankness and also the information, as always. We'll check in with you next week, my friend. All right, man. See you. There he goes. Uh, Jordy Collado, Jordy Collado. Hey, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart. After our service, they have it for you. Uh, if you come home and your air conditioning is not working, uh, my, my friends at Burkhart will, will dispatch one of their 15 trucks out to be able to take care of you. Uh, remember, a Burkhart employee answers the phone. They're not sending it to, to Topeka. It's right here in New Orleans. They're answering the phone. And, of course, uh, if you're looking for a new system for your home or your business, they're authorized to be able to sell some of the top brands in the industry. Go with a company that I've trusted for decades. It's Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Have that peace of mind of knowing that, again, when Burkhart comes out, you see that Burkhart truck rolling up to your house, yeah, you're a little down because, again, the, your air conditioner's not working, but they're going to do the job right, and they're going to do only the work that's necessary. It's Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. acpromise.com. acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the wonderful folks over at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner daily. Uh, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, lunch and dinner every single day, seven days a week. They're open late. 
It's the Oceana family of restaurants. Whether it's cocktails, whether it's again appetizers, or again a great meal, head on over to the Oceana family of restaurants and get a great dining experience. We'll be right back. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Here's something you won't hear from any other jeweler. Right now, when you buy a diamond at Diamonds Direct, we'll give you a free gold setting for it. Yes, a 14-karat classic solitaire setting in white gold or yellow gold at no charge with any natural diamond purchase. So all your money can go toward a bigger diamond while you still get the classic look she wants in that engagement ring. Another example of Diamonds Direct's extraordinary value. Or if you want to take it up to the next level, Diamonds Direct also has a fantastic selection of Halo, Pave, Vintage, Three Stone, and other popular mountings. Or maybe she wants a designer ring, like the one she's seen on social media. Well, Diamonds Direct has those too. In fact, we are an authorized retailer for all the top designers from New York and California. Whichever setting you choose, you'll also be able to choose your finance plan. Diamonds Direct now has a wide range of finance options with attractive rates and terms up to 60 months so you can get the ideal setting to fit your style with the ideal payment to fit your budget. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Store hours, directions and more at DiamondsDirect.com Want my tip for how to lower stress during fall prep? Head to Kohl's. I just went and found epic deals you don't want to miss that made getting ready for sweater weather so much better. I found super soft bath towels and pillows for just $3.99, cute long sleeve tees for myself at $7.99, and shoes for my whole family at just under $35, plus iron Kohl's cash. So if you want to get what you need for low temperatures, low stress, and low prices, get to Kohl's. Select styles. Offers end September 10th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Harry's Bar and Grill, a true neighborhood sports bar where every Monday night you are treated like royalty with Royal Reds. Two for one, two pounds for just $21. Come get the royal treatment at Perry's 5252 Veterans in Metairie. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Score big on sleep and savings during Mattress Firm's best sale of the year. Save up to $700 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable beds and get a $300 instant gift. Good towards pillows and more. Big thunderstorm happening between New Orleans and Baton Rouge right now, and it looks like 610 East is taking the brunt of it between Paris and the I-10 merge. We're seeing traffic crawl. That rain is causing the problem. 610 East from Metairie to New Orleans East. It's taking about 22 minutes right now because of that slowing. Accident working uh, looks like Desire Parkway at uh, Old Gentilly Road and Holiday Drive at LA 428 accidents. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. Certainly appreciate you checking out the program. 
I want to thank our guests, uh, Gary Smith, Ali Cassell, uh, Ross Jackson, and Jordy Collada for joining us on the program. The podcast will be about 30 minutes after the show ends today. Uh, and, of course, don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports as we celebrate our 10th anniversary of our program today, 10 years on WLAE-TV. Uh, tonight, 6 o'clock on WLAE-TV, Mike Dettelier joins me on the program. Uh, and, of course, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, checking out our radio show and the TV show. And, of course, supporting the sponsor sponsor our program. You go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor sponsor our show. We make it really easy for you. Click on the icon of your favorite sponsor. It'll take you right to their website. Everything you need to know about those sponsors are right there at ericasher.com. Thanks to our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and, of course, uh, the Hideout Bar. Uh, again, all are open late. All are open seven days a week. Oceana has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The rest of the restaurants serving lunch and dinner daily. Uh, also, again, coming up next is the Life Resources Battle Line Sports Hour with Michael Green and Ken Trahan. So keep it right here on 106.1 FM. Thanks to Rudy back at studio for producing our program today. Thank you for listening to our show today. My name is Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. Stay dry. And we'll see you tomorrow for the William Grant Family Distillers Friday Extravaganza straight up 4 o'clock. From the dog catch of the gunman, that includes the man. They all got to go. Without a fight, better